You are tuned in to The Tea Side, a podcast where we talk total health, life lessons, and music. I'm your host, licensed therapist, doula, and music enthusiast, Tanya D. Now let's get into it. Hello, this is future editing Tanya. I just wanted to give a quick trigger warning for this episode. A lot of the information you hear may be very triggering and upsetting for you, but it's definitely worth a listen. If you feel like it's too much and it's upsetting for you, definitely stop. The next clip you will hear will be for better help. So I encourage you to reach out for some counseling. If you don't already have a counselor, you can definitely try better help. Reach out to friends and family that you may find supportive, or you can always reach out to me through DM on Instagram, or you can send me an email at the Teesside Podcast at gmail.com. And I will definitely do my best to get you set up with some support and resources in your area. However, if you are having immediate concerns of safety and wanting to harm yourself or someone else, I highly encourage you to. Call 911 or get yourself to the nearest hospital for some immediate help. Before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you about a company that I've partnered with. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. As a therapist myself, you know that I'm a huge advocate for therapy. We are living in challenging times and even the strongest of us need a little help sometimes. Going to therapy doesn't make you crazy. I've even gone to therapy before and it helped me a great deal to deal with my anger and anxiety. Whether you're dealing with grief, depression, having issues in your relationship, dealing with past trauma, or just work stress, talking to a therapist can be helpful. It's cool to talk to your friends, but they will always have some type of bias because they know you. You want someone who can be objective. BetterHelp, that's better H-E-L-P, will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed therapist. You can start communicating in under 24 hours so you don't have to wait weeks to get in to see someone. It's not a crisis line and it's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online and there's a broad range of expertise in the counselor network that may not be available locally in many areas. They have therapists available for clients starting at 13 years old and are available worldwide. So my international listeners, you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist and you get timely, thoughtful responses from them. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions with them so you can avoid the uncomfortable waiting rooms. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. So if you aren't feeling the provider that you're seeing, it's free to change to a new one if needed. Someone that you're more comfortable with so you can get the most out of your therapy experience. Another thing, it can be more affordable than traditional counseling, and the best part is that financial aid is available. But don't take my word for it, though. Visit their website and read some of the reviews for yourself. There's new ones posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash T-side. That's betterhelp.com forward slash T-side. And join nearly 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Now, you know I love a good discount, so I have a special offer for T-Side listeners. You get 10% off of your first month. BetterHelp wants you to start living a better life today, and so do I. I will leave a link in the description of this episode. 
Now let's get on with the show. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Teesside Podcast with me, your host, Tanya D. This is your first time listening. Thank you so much. And I hope it won't be your last. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you won't miss any of the episodes. Today, I have two very special guests joining me, sisters D. Marie and Latanya Buford, who are the founders of Moving Forward Ministries. And we're going to have a discussion about a topic that is very near and dear to my heart, child sexual abuse. I will go ahead and let either one of them start and just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to start Moving Forward Ministries. Hello. Uh, first of all, thank you so much, Tanya, for having uh, me on the program. Uh, I'm really excited. I always like talking about this subject. Well, not like talking about it, but um, I think it's important. It's a very important topic and needs to be discussed. So thank you for having this space for us. Um, so yes, I'm Dee Marie. I am the founder of Moving Forward Ministries. Um, it was founded back in November of 2012. And it started uh, with, with the, my personal story of being sexually abused. And a lot of my friends uh, came out about their story that they were sexually abused as well. And we decided, uh, well, somebody had mentioned to me that we should have a support group. So, you know, after that, I was like, I don't know about that. But then, you know what? I said, I think it'd be great. So uh, Moving Forward Ministry was founded to be um, a support, a place for support for survivors of sexual abuse 18 and older. Um, and it was for people that, have a story that may not have ever told their story or maybe they have and they just haven't really talked about it before and just never really seeked any type of um sought out any type of uh help or any you know uh support in any kind of way so uh we decided to go ahead and get that started and since that time we have had a support group um we've done walks uh, we've taught on prevention, um, just so much that surrounds sexual assault awareness. And um, now last year in 2020, we really didn't do really too much of anything. Just with the pandemic, it's just so much was going on. Uh, mm -hmm. We have, yeah, we haven't really, so we got to get back going on, you know, what we, our regular uh, support groups. And so we're, we'll be doing that um, later this year, but, um, and we didn't have our annual walk. Actually, yeah. I was thinking, I was going to contact you because I, I'm considering doing it the end of April. I don't care if it's five people, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I just think right. it's so important, but, um, but yeah, so moving forward ministry was birthed, um, to, uh, help, uh, the community. We mainly uh, focus on African-American community, but I mean, it will help anybody that doesn't matter. It's just that a lot of our clients and people that come to us, um, are black women. So, okay. um, yeah, so we are here just to let people know that they're not alone. Um, sexual abuse is not your fault. Mm -hmm. uh, we are here just to be that support and to be that, um, and also to provide resources as far as counseling, okay. which is very important therapy, um, if needed. Okay. So I'm sure I'll probably just ramble on. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to add to that, Latanya? Um, I think she pretty much said it all. <laughs> and like she said, it basically started with our story and, um, she took the forefront and was ready to tell the story. And the only thing she asked of me was, are you ready to do this? And I said, yes. And mm -hmm. she said, okay. Uh, she was unsure, but she knew I had her back. So it, it worked out well. And like she said, we had, um, we've had walks. Uh, last year, I thought was a cool way to do a walk because we actually did a Zoom walk. Yes. Where okay. everybody got yeah. on Zoom and got, uh, and I thought that was, that was neat because even in the pandemic, uh, sexual abuse, unfortunately is even more prevalent because you locked yes. in. So 
because mm-hmm. of that, you know, we can't stop. Right. Still, hey, you have to find ways to get the awareness out there. And so I thought that right. was neat. Right. Mm-hmm. And you said that she took the forefront. Do you think you would have not necessarily said anything or started a program, but do you think you would have even been encouraged at all to do anything if she hadn't come to you? Um, I have began to start telling like friends or close uh, people surrounding me, but the idea of going out and making it public had never crossed my mind, mm-hmm. had never been occurred to me. So when she asked me, I was nervous about it, but there was never a question whether I was going to do it or not. It just took her to, to step up and say, okay, this is what we going to do. And I'm like, oh, but okay, let's do it. So, <laughs> right. But no, me personally, I probably would never say anything. She's the activist. I'm just the, the back pusher. So she say, let's do it. And I push her to go do it. <laughs> right. That, that's and, a good question though, Tanya. I never even uh, thought about that. Like, yeah, had uh, I not asked you, you know, would we have said any, or I don't know if I would have said anything, but like, would we have come forward in the platform that we do now, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, I don't know if Tanya, because maybe something would have, you know, triggered in you, Tanya uh, Buford, <laughs> that right. you wanted to um, say something. But no, that's a great question. I didn't, I never thought about that. Yeah. And, and it's funny because Latanya is the older sister. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's great. <Yeah>, she is. <laughs> but that's how it is with me and my yes. brother. There's a much bigger age gap, but my younger brother is the one who's the activist and I talk to him, but I don't really speak out. Um, interestingly enough that I'm doing a podcast because I'm right. an I don't even talk. <laughs> so, so, yeah. And so, then we, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was going to talk about the uh, magazine started as mm-hmm. well. And so in January of 2020 is when uh, Vosa's magazine came out and, and VOSIS, it stands for Voices of Sexual Abuse Survivors. And mm-hmm. it is um, an online publication that is dedicated to stories of people that, because, you know, like with the Me Too movement, of course you hear all the celebrities, you hear, you know, people that have a platform already to tell their story, right. where VOSIS is a small um, St. Louis born magazine that gives voices to those who may not ever have one. Mm-hmm. And allows them to tell their story and um, to bring encouragement to other people. Because the goal of the magazine is to inform, encourage, and empower survivors of sexual abuse and also anyone that reads it. Mm-hmm. And we want to change the narrative. And I just think it's great that people, you know, just everyday people who have this story, you know, it gives them a, a, a voice and, and it right. gives them a place where they can actually talk and tell and encourage other people. hmm I think that's amazing. It's because it really is still a taboo subject. People don't like to talk about it, but everybody seems to know about it. Exactly. People know it happens, Exactly. but you'll never hear anybody talk about it. Right. And that's kind of what I want to change. Why not talk about it? Because the secret is what keeps it going. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. why it's so important because we have kept it silent for so long you know, so long. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, we need to talk about this everywhere. You know, sexual abuse is real. It's happening. I mean, it's it's happening. So we need to allow people to 
not even tell the stories, but also, you know, teach prevention. How can we prevent it? Yes. You know, you know, things like that. So. Right. Yeah. And it's such a, a, a shame, a stigma of shame that comes across that um, shames the people from speaking out. So they need mm-hmm. to have a place where they feel safe mm-hmm. and yes. where they feel yes. like they're being believed. Because I think part of the problem is they're told, don't say nothing. Nobody's going to believe you anyway. You know? Right. And I think that's part of the stigma, especially, unfortunately, in the Black community. It's always, like uh, Demaria has said before, what goes on here stays in here. And that's such a bad cliche to have. But we live by that for so long that now it's time to change the narrative that everything that goes on here doesn't have to stay in here, doesn't need to stay here. Somebody needs to do something. Right. Because you have to ask, why does it need to stay here? What's wrong with exactly. saying it? What's exactly. wrong with telling it? Exactly. It means right. you probably shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. If it's a secret, I just tell my kids: if someone tells you that it's a secret and you can't tell me, that's when you have to tell me because there are no secrets with right. me and you. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And we have to get rid of right. that. I'm right. Just, yeah. We've been carrying that for so long, and it's like. You know, and I know because, you know, my sister and I didn't tell our story for 30 years. Right. And, you know, we kept it for so long. It's like, why? Why? And I think about it too. Why? Because there's so much shame and guilt that goes with sexual abuse that you just, because people blame you, you know, they, they victim blame, mm-hmm. they, you know, and it's like, well, if I tell, and not only that, especially when it's family, you know, yeah, I'm just gonna say. then it's like, okay, now the whole family is going to be upset. You know, right. Some will believe you, mm-hmm. some will not. You know, how do you balance mm-hmm. that? And even as a child, you know, that guilt will come along with the child because now they're thinking that they have destroyed the entire family. It, that's what right. I was gonna say. That and that's a lot to that's a heavy that's burden a to carry. Yeah. Right. To put on a child and for the child to have to carry the burden of saving the family. How can a right. keep their mouth because so you can save the family? No. Their responsibility should not be placed on that child. Right, Mm -hmm. right, right. And then they ask always, you know, why did you wait so long? And honestly, Mm -hmm. there's no answer for that. Like there is not an answer as to why. You know, everyone handles, everyone's journey is different. You know, one one person might speak Mm -hmm. up the same time or one person, it may take them forever. It just really depends on that person, you know? But there Mm -hmm. is no answer to why people hold it for so long. Yeah, it's literally different for everybody exactly. because it depends on the circumstances that you're in. Right. People right. wait so long because right. they have to wait until they feel safe. Yes. That's what I always tell people. You, yeah, yeah. You tell it when you feel safe because even if you do, like Latanya said, she told some friends and people she was close to, but, you know, even mm-hmm. as sisters, you still didn't really talk about it. Right, right. So yeah, so we're sisters and we did not even discuss it with each other. Which to me, I mean, now that I look back, it's like, how did we not? But we didn't. <laughs> it was just understood this is what right. happened. So you both you know, knew about the Yeah. Other. We, so we knew, knew. Yeah. we knew that it happened to both of us. So it was never a question of did it happen? We just mm-hmm. knew it did. So because you didn't want to talk about it with anybody. We didn't even talk about it with each other. It was just understood. I mm-hmm. think once we got grown one time, we had a conversation, but it was never, right. um, did it happen? It was always, you know, such and such finna do such and such. We already understood what the conversation yeah, was yeah, because yeah. we knew 
we knew yeah. it happened to the to the other. So right. that was or crazy. Might, and I think we might have said something like, "I wouldn't dare have my kids around him" or something. I forget what we said, but mm-hmm. right, yeah, and, and right. that's so odd because it was never like Tanya did he touch you or did we just knew that mm-hmm. you know this person did, and so um, exactly, yeah, and so when we decided to even you know our brother decided to to come forward about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was hoping she would say, girl, are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> but no, she was like, let's do it. You okay. know, and I'm like, so, you know, at that time, you know, you kind of like, okay, let's do it. We still did not say anything until five months later. Mm-mm. Really? Yeah. Like I just, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't even, I didn't, couldn't, just couldn't even do it. And then the day that we did speak up and tell our, we told, we told our cousin first. And then she made us mm-hmm. tell her mom that day. Oh my goodness. It was traumatic. It was that, it oh. was, I was, I had so much anxiety and I, I remember it because I couldn't even stay in the room. And like you said, Tanya, I'm the oldest one. So look, since she had came forward and she brought it, I like you have at it. I got your back. <laughs> so when she went to tell her mom what happened, I had so much anxiety and so much just tension. I couldn't even sit in the same room. I went mm. in the bedroom and closed the door and was a complete nervous wreck right. until I felt it was safe for me to come back out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I let her have it. Hey, you take over. Yeah. You good. Did you <laughs> oh hear the God. conversation? You know, I don't even remember hearing the conversation. I just remember mm. being so overwhelmed. Yeah. So just in a state of almost having a panic attack mm-hmm. that I just could not even be there. I don't even know what made me know that it was good after a while. I yeah, finally I just right. decided to come out of the room. Came out. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and even now though, I think about, I can't believe I actually told, you know, like really, yeah. As many people that I talk to now, and you know, we've had groups. I've had been on TV, on the radio, you know, everywhere. I still to this day think about. I can't believe I actually told what mm-hmm. happened, you know. Um, and why do you think I that think, is? I don't know. I think because even though you come out with your story and you know, you, mm-hmm. and you do get freedom from, from speaking. I'm not afraid to tell anybody, but there's always still that little piece of, mm-hmm. should I talk? You know, it, it's so, it's sexual abuse has such a control and such a stronghold that you still, because everyone is not comfortable with this topic. No, not no. at all. You know? And so when you bring it up, you know, who wants to hear it and who doesn't? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So if I get a vibe that you're not trying to hear about this, you won't. Okay. You, right. You know, I will end that conversation quickly. But again, that's also still protecting everybody else because yeah. this is my story and I have every right. My voice, like Move Forward Ministries, our motto is your voice has a right to be heard. And yeah. it does, you know. But right. at the same time, you do have to choose those safe spaces and what's best for you at that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From when you mm-hmm. share with people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I, sometimes, I think, and you um, have to be, like you say, you, I'm sorry, I say you just have to gauge yeah. tell because I know I was uh, dating someone at one time and I thought that I could tell him mm-hmm. and immediately he said, well, what did you do to entice the guy? I'm like, well, I'm three or four years old. What can I possibly do at three right. or four years old to entice somebody to do that? So it was like, really? 
Mm, I couldn't yeah. believe it, but people don't understand. Why? And unfortunately, I always want to blame the victim, especially when it comes to a sexual act. Right. There's right. always victim blaming when it comes to that. What did you have on? What was you wearing? Uh, what did you do? Did you, was you provocative? Did you, you know, say something flirty or, you know, but it shouldn't matter. There's no. nothing that you should do to entice that behavior. Right. Yeah. And that's where the education piece comes in, I believe. Absolutely. You know, yeah. And that's where people need to be educated um, about the subject of sexual abuse. And, you know, when it comes to talking about the uh, statistics, the truth, the facts, mm-hmm. you know, all mm-hmm. of that, people need to be educated. And I think education needs to start even with like, um, let's go into the PT, PTA meetings at the schools. You yes. know, what about the barbershops? What about the beauty salons? You know, that's where mm-hmm. a lot of conversation happens. Let's educate people on the mm-hmm. truth around sexual abuse, you know? Right. right. And have a serious conversation because yeah. people will have a conversation, but they'll joke about it and, you know, try to make it light. It's not a light subject. Yeah, they will. Right. No, right. Yeah, when it was happening to me, I didn't feel happy. It wasn't a, exactly. wasn't a happy, light, cheery situation. Right. right. I was right. Mm-hmm. angry. I was mad, just scared and just frustrated because I couldn't do anything right. to stop it. Right. 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 But I also developed the resolve that, you know what? If it's going to happen, it's not going to be easy. And I developed, a, I think, a fight. I would always make it difficult. Always. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. And I, and I don't remember a lot of it. I remember enough. I think probably three or four times, maybe I remember. Mm-hmm. And that's enough. That's plenty. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And I'm like that too. I don't remember a whole lot. I really just remember like maybe two or three uh, instances when, you know, it happened, but yeah. But I that's enough. Little, so yeah, but that's enough. Like you don't forget that. You take it right. you, you know the rest of your life. You just right. you don't forget it. And even though mm-hmm. my sister and I never talked about it, we we remember. You know, we remember that it happened. Right. Um. Mm-hmm. We just, I guess, you just kind of put it out of your mind and just move on with life. You know. Yeah, because I right. think I did. I didn't remember until I was a senior in college and had to write a paper that was supposed to be for an easy A before graduation and I started I don't even remember it was a personal enrichment class or something and Mm -hmm. whatever the writing assignment was it was different assignments and as I would write different papers and they'd be like one two-page papers it wasn't even anything deep I just started having dreams and pieces of it would come back and I'd be like that's weird why why am I thinking Mm. about that and it became eventually a whole picture mm. and I was like oh that's so weird but right. that also from being a therapist now I realized that like some children become selectively mute people selectively put memories mm-hmm. out because right. you can only handle so much yeah and right. since it was yeah. you right. know domestic violence and drugs going on in my home that was more important that person wasn't there anymore mm-hmm. I had to put that away and right, so I right. guess I did until it was safe. When I would see people at the sexual assault center, they were like, why am I thinking about it now? Life was good. I had a good job. And why is it coming back now? I said, that's why. Because mm-hmm. everything else is cleared out. From a, yeah. like, no thoughts yeah. that's been pushed to the back of your mind. 
it's coming back around to the front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Unfortunately, oh. I remember, I, I didn't forget, I remember a lot of instances. And mm-hmm. so as a child, what was funny to me is in elementary school, I remember seeing little girls in my class and I could tell it happened to them too. Really? There was one particular girl in class, I could tell by her behavior and the way she acted. And I, I remember I was in the third or fourth grade and I looked at her and just the way she was acting, I knew, I knew the same thing had happened to her. I knew it did. Just mm. by some of the things that she was doing, the way she was acting, I knew it. So I never forgot. And yeah. then at one point, when right. we, it would come back, like at the odd times, the memories would come back. Mm-hmm. And I tell people all the time, I would, you know, remember those etch a sketch that we used to have yeah. that you could turn. Yeah. But to erase the picture, you have to shake it so that the uh-huh. picture goes clear. That's what I would literally have to do to myself is kind of shake it off so I will forget the memory of what mm-hmm. happened. And I, that's, the, you know, what I tell, I would literally have to shake myself so I can get the memory out of my head. Because I would remember instances and at odd times, the memories would come back. Mm-hmm. And I mean, right. very specific memories. Right. And I would have to shake myself and say, to get it out of my head. Because once I go down there, it's like going down a rabbit hole. Yeah. And just they yeah. keep yeah. coming, keep coming. So I learned to do that physically. I mean, just physically shake myself. I would. And I remember, like I said, in elementary school, I could recognize the signs in other kids. Yeah. Just came from here so- right now. I can picture the little girl I think of. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk about kids. What are some signs that you did see or that you see that may indicate that something like that is going on with your child? Um, I feel like if they behavior change, if you had an extroverted child that become more introverted, um, more, you know, not willing to talk, that's a sign of something. I'm not saying it's necessarily that, but you have to be aware right. of everything. Um, I think another thing is, like they said, bedwetting, some hour signs like that. Because I went to bed for years. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I never thought that, you know, it had to do with the sexual abuse or whatever, but it possibly could have. But yeah, I was a bedwetter for years. I Um, was too. And again, I didn't remember it, but I was too. Yeah. See, and I, and I don't, and it's because you, you really, I mean, the trauma can come out in many ways. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You really don't know how it's going to come out, but definitely if their grades are changing, if their uh, attitude is changing, um, just anything different that you notice with your child, I think, you know, right. it's, it's time to question. But and also to the kids that act out a lot and then parents, everybody wants to say, oh, they're just bad. They're just bad. They're, right. You need to question. They're not just Why? bad. What is going mm-hmm. on? Right. You know, yeah. because I was traumatic? told, by family members you just evil and it would hurt so bad i'm like i'm not evil i'm actually very sensitive you know right. I'm a crier. i cry at commercials you know and i'm an <laughs> empath so i really feel very deeply and mm-hmm. i'm like why why are you saying i'm evil they were like well you always fussing about something because i'm frustrated it's stuff going on but again I didn't remember that but it was a lot right. of things going on I think right. I went to see a counselor once I think it was a man I think part of it would be because I was wetting the bed then I don't even mm. remember I, I remember going once maybe I went more than that but that didn't really work so I was like oh okay but my mom did take me to see somebody she like something's wrong with my child 
And right. that's, you know what? It amazes me though. A lot of parents don't recognize the signs or don't want to recognize the signs because when we revealed to our mother, she just said she never had a clue. She just never right. did. She said we acted like ourselves. Uh-huh. And I think maybe because it was so young, we had to learn at an early age to adjust yeah. and mm-hmm. just be okay with it. Because yeah. to this day, I can't remember how long it went on. I just know right. it was for a time. Because for a while, I thought it was a common thing. I thought that was just something that happened to everybody. It never occurred to me until I got a little older that that was something that was not supposed to happen. Right. But mm-hmm. for a while, I just thought, okay, this is just what it is. It's, that's common. So yeah. with me thinking that, that would make me think that it has to happen for an extended period of time. Right. Mm-hmm. And and again, like with uh, with like Latanya said, I don't remember when it ended. It just stopped. It's right, like, right. You know what I'm saying? But I do believe in my heart of hearts, somebody found out. Okay. I really do, because it's like I. But you know, and I was so little, and in my memory, I just can't remember everything. But it's I, I right. remember somebody asking, "Did it happen or something?" But I be- really believe someone found out. And then okay. it just, yeah, but because we weren't really around um, this person anymore, were we? Oh, right? Okay. Not at it was all. Just like, Never. Yeah. Oh, probably. You're probably mm-hmm. right. So, yeah. Yeah. And I remember for me, it was, I think he was 15, maybe. It was a cousin, but I remember he would always hang out with one of my other older cousins. Mm-hmm. And the older cousin would be, was there once or twice and I remember him asking the other guy do you want some and I, I remember looking like really like right. again, I'm like five and I'm like for real and he was like nah I ain't he like nah I'm good because he was scared of my dad however I did find out I was probably in 30s late 30s I found out that he did actually do something to another cousin he didn't mess with me but he did mess with another cousin of mine wow so the two of them together apparently right apparently right right but i don't i don't know because she didn't say anything about the one that was messing with me and from a she has to this day she still has not told her oh right she was like because of how upsetting it would be to family. Mm-hmm. the family yes right yeah. yes yeah and, that's, and it's, uh, it's, I had did a seminar a couple of years ago and this guy that was there and he said just prepare for a fight yeah he was like just when you know that you're about to reveal your story especially with your family he said you just have to know I gotta roll my sleeves up and prepare for what's mm-hmm. about to happen because not I mean we're blessed that our mom supported us but not mm-hmm. everyone's, even parents even support them in their decision right. to come forward, mm-hmm. especially depending on who the person was in the family. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but... I, um, I mentored... I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I mentored a young lady and she had a problem and her mom asked her, well, why do you keep talking about it? If it happened, why you keep bringing it up? You should be get, get, get over it by now. And she couldn't understand why her mom would tell her that. And I told her, despite of that, you have to be healed within yourself and not worry about that. Because I know it's your mom and you love her, but unfortunately, we can't always expect to have the support that we want. 
Right. Yeah. We have to get healed in spite of. Yeah. And I know for me, that was once it did come to me and I did remember, I remember thinking, I'm so glad that my family was supportive. Right. Family, meaning my mom and my brother, mainly my mom. I think maybe my brother said he found out later. And I actually asked or he commented when we did the Hood Talk podcast, having the conversation about sexual abuse. So shout out to Shavana and the Hood Talk podcast. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) My brother commented on there that my dad called him, I guess, when he found out and said something like, should I kill him fast or slow? Like, so yeah, Yeah, I was good and grown at that time. And when it happened, I remember telling my mom and she said, you can't tell your dad because he will kill him. And even mm-hmm. as an adult in 2003, he was still like, I'll kill him. Right. And right. But then my mom forgot about it. Pretty much when I started having memories and came back to her, she was like, I don't remember that. But again, it was a lot of domestic violence. She had her own thing going on. Right. And so she <laughs> right. forgot too. So but when she did, she was like, oh, huh, I'm so sorry. So she was supportive. So that was helpful. Yeah. So right. For you all, what was the most helpful thing in your healing process? Uh, for me, I think starting the organization was mm-hmm. a huge uh, help because I wasn't alone. And it was, right. you know, people and it, my story was able to impact um, so many people in a positive way, mm-hmm. you know, healing was, was taking place just not in my life, but in like hundreds of people's lives, yeah. um, you know, and seeing the, our, our, uh, our walks in the sea of teal was just like, wow, you know, that really, really, um, helped me. So just talking about it, being open about it, um, sharing my story with other survivors, giving them a platform and a voice to share their stories as well has been a huge step in my healing process. And then also, uh, I, so I, I did go to therapy and I love my therapist, but was, okay. So I went to therapy, but I went after moving forward after mm-hmm. all of that. I, I just went like really good just this past year. Okay. Um, yeah. So like 21, 2021. And we, we dealt with the sexual abuse just a little bit, but mm-hmm. I had, because of that, I had other things that. Uh, that I had to, because it was almost like I really dealt with the sexual abuse. So that wasn't even really my main issue anymore because I had Mm -hmm. freed myself and I was free to talk. But because of that, there was other issues, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that can happen because of that trauma. So then I dealt with those issues and then kind of moved forward from there. But definitely um, supporting everyone else was a huge step for my healing. Yeah. And the same for me, just being a therapist and being able to educate people and support people who have been survived, who have been through it and to educate to them, to be able to break the cycle was knowing that, mm-hmm. okay, you have a voice. It's not your fault. And you have support out there. You're not by yourself because again, it's the stigma that makes people feel like they're alone in this and they should be ashamed of it. So, right. And actually right. the walk was always helpful for me because again, like I said, it was a sea of teal. Right. Seeing other people. And I hadn't mentioned it, but I went to high school with Latanya and D. So mm-hmm. 
and they say, you know, one out of three, one out of four, mm-hmm. and the three of us on here. So exactly. And you have to look at if you're right. in a group, just a group of your friends, take whoever you mm-hmm. are really close to, even if you're an adult, you right. know, if you in high school, look around at you and your closest circle. You can more than likely guarantee somebody has had some type of inappropriate sexual interaction towards them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Before yes. the age of 18. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. For me, it was being able to talk and just openly talk about it and to talk because the talk and the communication helped me be, I don't want to say comfortable, but it freed me. Yeah. In a uh, D Marie pushing me because <laughs> of course, whenever she goes, you come on. <laughs> so with that being said, and then just, being amazed at the amount of people that I was surrounded with that I did not know that once mm-hmm. I came out, they felt free to come to me and come out also. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that was very, very helpful because now I, in a small way, gave them a voice and then I freed me, but then I brought people along with me who are free yeah. now also. So yeah. that's a big, big help for me. Okay. And I think there's the safety in numbers you know? Yeah. And, um, when you find out, wow, I'm really not by myself, then it kind of takes that burden off Mm -hmm. of, you know, well, if I tell I'm going to be standing alone, well, as long as Dee Marie is around, you'll never stand alone because I'll always support you. I will always be your voice because healing is possible. You don't Mm -hmm. always have to live in that trauma, Mm -hmm. you know, um, healing is possible and you can live a free life, you can live a fulfilled life. You can overcome. You can be happy. You can um, have great relationships. You can have all of that. You know, mm-hmm. but a lot of times that stigma is on sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you have so much trauma now you can't live. Yes, you can. Right. Yeah. And that's part of it. People will look at you like, oh, something's wrong with you. Like you're <laughs> right. damaged goods. Mm-hmm. Or, right. much, oh, that happened to you. Like, oh, I don't know if I want to be around that right. person. I don't understand it, but I don't know. I'm a social worker. I don't mind being around people. So because we all have issues, right? Yours might not be sexual abuse, right. but there, <laughs> you know, um, this is true. Yeah, there's something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but but people can they can go on. You know, even if they have turned to drugs or alcohol or uh, right. promiscuity or you know, you still can overcome. There's nothing that's too hard that you can't get through because you can. But again. Right. That's why we have people like you, Tanya, that's or, that's a counselor, you know what I'm saying, or a therapist. Mm-hmm. We have uh, people out here that are trained, uh, licensed trained um, professionals that are here to help you deal with that trauma. And there is nothing yeah. wrong with going to see a therapist. No, not at all. They provide insight. Yes. They help you understand that, I'm, oh, I'm not crazy. Maybe that actually does make sense. They'll be able to help you understand the reason for your behaviors exactly from a, yes. you you can't you are on you know you drink all the time you can't figure out why you can't stop drinking but have you dealt with the underlying issues that's causing exactly. you to drink exactly alcohol right. is a depressant but it helps you numb out so from a you drink you're not thinking about your problems but that doesn't mean mm-hmm. the problem isn't there exactly so you have mm-hmm. to be able to get to the root of the issue and as far as therapy, I tell people all the time, it didn't happen overnight. You didn't get to the place you're at overnight. So That's don't right. expect for it to 
be fixed overnight. Overnight. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. I would see people for years and some they remember, some they didn't. And it just takes a while because again, you come forward and talk about when you feel safe. Right. Right. So I, I think and I saw a lady in her 70s something. before. So wow. She, yeah. But she was getting her we have to take, mm-hmm. Right. We have to take the stigma off of getting counseling it does not mean that you're crazy just because you go and then we so independent at time we think i can handle everything myself some things you cannot handle on your own and it's okay to get help for those things and you have to accept and humble yourself and say okay you know what i can't handle this and it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you because you can't handle it if you fix that and then you can handle everything else but if you don't fix it like um diddy said before it's a sore that can fester and become affected and it causes other issues yep if you have a sore in your leg that's in fact you get gangrene and have to amputate that leg you know if you don't know whatever that problem is it's going to fester and it's going to become other things and at this point unfortunately a lot of stuff does and now we have to deal with this issue but now we got all these other issues to deal with yeah so because it definitely can impact the people around you Yes. Like I said, I had a lot of anger, so I would lash out at other people. And that kept people away. That was my defense mechanism. From a right. It was easy mm-hmm. to keep people away. I won't get hurt if people aren't around. But right. that wasn't helpful for me. If I need help, are you going to ask for help if you need it? Probably not. So it becomes a whole issue. And then if you have kids of your own, you know, like, Tanya said she was in a relationship it affects your relationships and mm-hmm. all kinds mm-hmm. of different things you know yes. It, yes it causes issues with your appetite you either yep. overeat eat, don't yes. eat at all you yep. sleep mm-hmm. a lot or you don't sleep you know and you're prone to more abusive addictive type behaviors mm-hmm. like D said promiscuity you over sexualized mm-hmm. or you don't have sex at all at all want to hear anything Mm -hmm. about it right you know just self-injuring behavior a lot of sexual abuse survivors that I've worked with had a history of cutting or self-injuring behavior Mm. they weren't suicidal Mm. but they would say they felt numb and they would cut themselves to be able to feel something because they just blocked everything out and shut down because Sometimes that's what you have to do to be able to deal with everything going on. If it's happening all the time. I actually um, was at a women's retreat years ago and Sally Field was there and she was talking about Mm -hmm. how she had been abused and playing the role Norma Ray, where she was like a union activist. She said, Mm -hmm. that's where I I was able to get my voice because she would always speak out as the character that helped her find her voice but she Mm. also said that helped her be able to play that role Sybil the person with multiple personalities she said that's probably why I act today because I had to act like somebody else Mm -hmm. in order to deal with what was going on in that moment and she said she'd like go and hide under the steps under her house to get away from I think it was her stepdad maybe but People do different things to make it through, but yes, they do. You have to, at some point, get the help that you need, or else it will just mm-hmm. continue to snowball into something worse. Exactly. 
Exactly. Right. And right. um and and this month, you know, is recognized as Sexual Assault Awareness Month, April. And mm-hmm. uh and it's a good way for everyone to begin to learn. So Sexual Assault Awareness Month was started by the uh, NSVRC, which is the National Sexual Violence Resource Center. And uh, this year, the theme this year is to create safe online spaces. So yes. really just, it, it's just a matter of even educating yourself mm-hmm. um, to find out more about it, uh, not be afraid to talk about it. Even, you know, we got so much out here now, social media. We got mm-hmm. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, um, TikTok, Twitter, all of it where we can be a voice of sexual abuse. Even if you're not a survivor, you can be an ally. Right. And, you know, and you can just give statistics, find out information for yourself um, and just be a positive person for other people to know that, you know, you're just going to listen, believe and support. That's really, that's all right. you can do. So if someone says, well, how can I, what can I do to support? You can listen, believe and support, period. Right. Yeah. And yeah. online, there's so many resources you can go yeah. to nsvrc.org so you can go uh-huh. to their site they have a lot of statistics information you can mm-hmm. go to rain.org yep. which is the rape and incest national network and they have statistics and where you can go to get support in your local area so yeah most places have a women's resource center nowadays right. so you can always go there and i'll list some information and links but there's plenty of books that you can get for your children and i know some parents say well if they're not talking about sex i don't want to introduce it to them and to that i always say it's better to bring up the information so you know find a book that's age appropriate yeah possibly yeah. everything mm-hmm. in the book may not work for you but you can read parts of it um just whatever you feel comfortable sharing with your child. Because to be honest, if you make it uncomfortable, it's awkward for them. But if it's right. normal, mm-hmm. if you use the correct name for the body part, it doesn't seem weird. Right, when, exactly. You know, right. You know, they have exactly. a book called The Right Touch. You know, my body belongs to me. So you have a lot of resources that you can go to. Um, I actually saw something when I was looking up statistics talking about online spaces it was on sexting getting permission Mm. before somebody decided they're gonna send you a dick pic basically like you know you know you might want it you might want to see it but don't just go popping up and you open your text and you're like oh oh, wait okay what i didn't need all that (laughs) right which i have received before and i'm like oh whoa okay Right. Like, oh, okay. Right. I don't know you like that, but all right. Right. You get blocked after that. Yeah. So it's like, make sure you ask. Just, but you know, I got something before you want to see. They say, yeah, fine, send it. If not, okay, don't. Just don't do it. Don't. Yeah. So that's a way that you can have safe online spaces. Yeah. I was about to say, yep, that's exactly how you can have safe online spaces. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you don't have um, to be approved and not talk about sex or be involved, you know, anything sexual. You don't, it's not an off limit subject. You just have to be respectful. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And respect boundaries, you know, all of that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, you got to respect boundaries. Uh, you know, we always say, okay, girls, make sure you dress appropriately, you know, do this or whatever. Okay. Well, guys, make sure you respect the other person's um, space and their boundaries, you know, and it's not right. always, I mean, majority of men that do 
sexual abuse, but there are women that sexually abuse as well. So, I mean, it goes yeah. both ways. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So we just have to be mm -hmm. um, careful. And, and I want to say too, when you said, Tanya, um, people say, well, I don't want to talk to my child about sex at whatever age, but mm -hmm. me and my sister were abused at three and four. Right. So, you know, your child may not want to talk about it, but there could be someone else actually doing something to your exactly. child. Exactly. So they're already mm -hmm. um, being exposed to some things. They're that already exposed. Not, exactly. Right. So you say you don't want to talk about it, but it's important too, because if you can give your child a voice as early as possible, you know, yeah. and it's, it's unfortunate, but it's happening. Yeah. And you the know? thing is they talk about it or not necessarily about sex, but they'll talk about body parts. They'll be like, you right. know, mm -hmm. oh, what right. is this? This is your pee pee. Right. Okay. What is that? Right. Exactly. Right. So they are talking about it, but again, it's more the adult that's uncomfortable. It's not right. the child. It is. It is. You know, because I know a lot of mm -hmm. times, even with women, they may tell a child their thing, their uh, vagina is the their cookie. You know. Yeah. But then, pocketbook. Right. Or yeah. they might come to you and say, "Oh, he was trying to, you know, touch my cookie." You may not even relate to what they're trying to tell exactly. you. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. where we just need to be honest about it's a vagina, you know, it's a penis right. and, and be right. real with our children and tell them exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What yeah. The truth is though, the, the way that society is now, if you're not telling them, please believe they are getting it from somewhere because yeah. these days everything yeah. TV is over-sexualized. Yes, Even the is. kids' cartoons are. Yeah. So they're learning it. It's better for them to get the information from you than from yeah. an outside source because then they'll really be confused. Right. 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 Yeah. A lot of misinformation out there. Mm-hmm. Well, ladies, I know I could talk about this subject all day. Oh, and I know I know, right. know D will too. <laughs> but I will let you go. I won't keep you all for long. But everybody on the show, when I have a guest, I allow them to pick the song of the day. So what is I'll start with Latanya. What is your song for today? What are you feeling? Um, well, actually, I'm a big TikToker. <laughs> well, you need to teach me because I don't get so it. I don't understand. On... <laughs> so there was a song I heard this morning on TikTok by a pastor at a church called the Dream Center. And it says, this my year. Okay. And that was the word. He said, this going to be my year. This going to be my year right here, right here. And I'm going to have to look for it all day. That's my son. This going to be my year. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I'm going to have to look it up. <laughs> yeah, I have an I'm account. I just don't use it. it. I love it. Okay. <laughs> and what is it? It's the Dream Center? At the Dream Center. His name is pastor i think it's ralph i'm not sure exactly but the okay. church is the dream center and okay. it's just he said this is gonna be he said say it prophetically over this is gonna be my year and they just went in i said all right and they got a little dancing and i got a little groovy with it i said okay okay so, yeah mm -hmm. see i'm gonna have to look that up i said i love music <laughs> and if it's got a positive message with it too even yes. better right so what about you d all right i would say my um song is by kelly price Mm -hmm. It's my time. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. That's 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 one of my jams. Now, India Ari is my favorite artist, but the song for today, I would say, is Kelly Price. It's my time. Okay. Yes. All right. I like that. I actually like that song. <laughs> I do. Mm -hmm. okay. I do too. 
Well, before I let you go, is there anything else that you want to talk about or promote? Oh, I'm sorry. Before I forget, D tag me in this post today on Facebook. I think oh, yes. tomorrow, St. Louis down at Union Station, they are change. They always change the color on the Ferris wheel to different colors for different events. And starting tomorrow, Tuesday, they are going to light it up and make it teal. Yes. Yeah. Assault Awareness Month. Yay. Yes. I'm so excited about that. That's yeah. wonderful. And again, yes. Yeah, so again, April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month and the uh, symbol is a teal ribbon and they're lighting St. Louis up teal. So yes. I am so Yay. excited about that. Yes. I'm going to have to That's wonderful. venture out the house and go see. <laughs> Me too. I said I was going to go down there and take a picture in front of it. Yes. Yeah. Right. yeah. Anything <laughs> else you all want to promote or you know, what are your socials? Where can they find you or, you know, more about your services? Yeah, so they can find me, D Marie. I'm on Facebook um, as D Marie. I'm on Instagram as the D Marie um, underscore D D Marie. Um, Twitter, I don't tweet really at all. I just go on there for like news. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you can also look for Vosas Magazine, V-O-S-A-S Magazine on Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving forward ministries which is uh, m4wd ministries and that is on instagram and facebook and also twitter okay um but i have facebook is latonya buford um and then my instagram is at l buford 2000 um i don't tweet i'm on there but it's l buford 2000 hit me up okay <laughs> you know say hi if you need yes. somebody to talk to i'm more than willing to listen Right. Yes. Right. And, and also to read the magazine, go to um, issue. So it's um, issuu.com slash V-O-S-A-S-L-L-C. And you'll find all of our um, issues there. And you can read it right there. Okay. Yes. And I'll be sure to link all of the information down in the description of the podcast. So definitely reach out if you need information resources or you know someone to share your story with you can reach out to me at the teesside podcast at gmail.com or to d and latanya and we can definitely try to get you set up with some resources and supports in your area yes for sure definitely yes so right there's nothing else you ladies have a good evening thank you so much for joining me and hopefully i'll be talking with you soon thank you All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Teesside Podcast. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at the Teesside Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of the episodes. And be sure to tell a friend about the show. Until next time.